Praise the Lord. <clears throat> All right, before we get into the message this morning, what I shared with with our moms and with grandmothers and aunts and all of those who've had a great influence over the lives of many, it's interesting that James, in James chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27 that we will look at today, draws the coalition between the two of them. And we're going to get there in a moment, but before we do, let me offer up some prayer requests for everybody. And I'd like for us to stand and pray in just a moment. Y'all are going to be like, Brother Robert, how many times are you going to have a stand and sit down and stand and sit up? Well, it keeps the blood flowing, okay? keeps everybody kind of checked in there and, uh, and, and right, on, right on target, all right? Um, first of all, um, Miss Jane uh, went home to be with the Lord. And um, just remember the Rogers family and all of the family that's associated uh, with that, and uh, Miss Jane, um, I can still see her many times. She sat right back there uh, on that back pew back there in the wheelchair in the cutout. Um, and uh, so I'm not going to say a whole lot more uh, about it. We'll wait till Tuesday. Uh, there will be a funeral service for Miss Jane on Tuesday. Uh, Nine o'clock here at the church will be a visitation time. At Ten o'clock will be uh, the service. And uh, so just want to make sure that you get all of that. So just remember all of them. During this time, many are traveling uh, for, uh, for the funeral as well. Number two, Brother Gene White will be coming back to Baton Rouge on Monday. And uh, so they've got that all approved. And so they have the facility that he'll be coming to. Um, and so we just learned, we're excited about that, that uh, they're going to be able to get back down here and be a whole lot uh, better and closer for for Gene and for Miss Pat and both of them. Chris Hutchcraft is on the it's on the finishing side, and uh, so it's done just what they've anticipated it to do. Now just pray for his continued recovery. Uh, now that they have gone through and did all of that replacement uh, with uh, the cells and all that, the human body is just an amazing thing to me. And what they've been able to accomplish through that. And so they still have a while left uh, because they have to monitor him even after he gets uh, completed with the process. But most of the, most of the lion's IVs are coming out. And uh, so he is, he is getting better. Pray for Sandra uh, as well and uh, Miss Mildred. And uh, also the others that we had that have had surgeries and so on that are recovering. We just uh, praise the Lord for their recovery as well. So what I'd like to do this morning is for us to have a special time of prayer for these. So I'm going to ask you to stand together with me and uh, let's pray as a church for these and then we'll get into then we'll get into the message this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to come to you and offer up our prayers and petitions. Father, and our supplications to you, to your throne of grace, knowing that you'll hear them and, and you'll answer them. Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, who's, who understands and, and knows uh, all of the requests that come from our lips uh, to your throne today. And so, Father, the, the burdens on hearts, uh, Father, for uh, Miss Jane and her family, and Father, she's now in your presence Father, I pray that you would be with the family uh, in the days ahead. Uh, for those that are recovering, uh, Father, for, for Brother Gene and Miss White as they'll come back down this way, we thank you for that. Uh, Father, just uh, give them a safe uh, trip here. Uh, for Chris's recovery this morning, uh, for the others that are recovering from surgeries today, 
We just pray that your presence would be felt, you'd be honored and glorified in all of it. And Father, they'd be back up on their feet very, very soon in their recovery. So Father, once again now, we ask you to take your word. Father, I pray that you would accomplish in our hearts and lives what you intend to and not us. May your word accomplish what you intend for it to and that it would not return void to you. And so, Father, we just thank you and we praise you today for who you are. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You can be seated. James chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27. One of the things that I tried to do with all of the mothers here today is to encourage your heart is just to stay true to the faith. Just to remain true to the faith. Just even, even when it gets difficult, even during the times of testing and trial and, and all of those difficulties of life, just, just hold true to the course. You know, what we believe affects how we behave. You've heard that before, but it's, it is in fact true. What we believe affects how we behave, and it does matter what we believe. And so for us today, it's, it's important that we kind of get our hands around and understand that, that it, is, it does matter what it is that we believe. You know, it's interesting here in James chapter number 1, what we're finding here in verse 26, uh, specifically of James chapter number 1, you know, the doer of the word is he's just spoken of, James has just spoken of, the doer of the word is, it's just not simply someone who is busy with religious activity. And I'll say this to you today. Our kids can spot a phony in a hurry. Matter of fact, they can tell when it all it is is what happens on Sunday because Monday through Saturday is not any different than the rest of the world. And my dear friend, let me, let me, let me share with you what they need to see. They, they need to understand. They need to see that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday... Is all in preparation for the day that you meet together to fellowship and to worship the Lord. So what you do on Sunday ought to be seen in the rest of your life from Monday through Saturday. And so here's what James says. We need to be doers of the word. As we read and study the word of God, one of the things that we need to do is to be a doer of the word. Not just busy with religious activity. Not so that we're just checking off these boxes. Not so that we look busy, so when we came in, you know, we're running around here wiping sweat off our brow. Boy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. We get so caught up in the religiosity of the world that we live in today that we miss what's so very important. Verse 26, notice what James says. He said, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, that's an interesting word, that word religious right there. It actually comes from the Greek word thrakos, and it's an, it's an interesting word from this, from this standpoint. Here's, here's what it means. What James is saying here in verse 26, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, in other words, it's based on rituals, it's based on routines, it's based on ceremonies, it's based on tradition. And my dear friend, if we're not careful, we can get so hung up on the ceremonies, on the rituals, on... The, the things that are happening, the traditions of so on, that we miss the most important part. It's not about being religious. And moms today, if I, if I could share this with you, your kids just don't need to see religion in you. What they need to see in you when they see you is Jesus Christ himself. Here's what religion will do. Religion will paint a picture for us. And let me just share some things with you. 
attending church services, volunteer work, following various rituals and ceremonies, even having the right theology. Hmm. Have absolutely no spiritual value apart from true saving faith. So James says, for us, in verse 26, if any man or anyone thinks himself to be religious, you know, we all kind of monitor that, we all kind of measure that more by what we do than what we are. And so, and James says, and here's what he says, that it sooner or later is going to come out in and come out of our mouth. Look at the next part of verse 26. So if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, I want you to notice the next part of what James says. This man's religion, go ahead, underline it, put quotes around it. It's what? It's worthless. It's worthless. It's vain. It's empty. There's there's nothing there. There's nothing there but an absolute empty shell that's 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 in front of you. And let me say this this morning. The Christian life, please listen to me. The Christian life will never and cannot be lived out in the flesh. You don't have it within you. You don't have the means with inside of you to live a supernatural life simply in your flesh. It requires the Spirit of God Himself. It requires the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Matter of fact, we were looking this morning in a passage of Scripture in Sunday school in Luke chapter number 4 and verse 14 that when Jesus came in and he made his way from Capernaum to Nazareth, the Bible says, and the Spirit was with him. And he operated under the power of the Spirit in that particular recording that we have of Luke chapter number 4. And my dear friends, so what makes any of us today think that we can live this life we've been called to live because of us being a born-again child of God, that we can ever live it within ourselves? You can't. Because we will, we will fail. And so, trusting in those things to please God is deceptive and worthless. That's what he says in verse 26. Here's what you do. You deceive your own heart. And the religion's worthless. I mean, what do you, what do you have, Okay. By attending church just on Sundays. And you do it constantly over and over and over again. But Monday through Saturday, there's, there's no difference. And my dear friend, let me tell you something. It's not about coming into this building. It's about spending time with the one that we worship in this building. To spend time with him during the week, not just, not just on Sundays. And let me tell you something. Our kids need to see that. They need to see it, okay? And what are you talking about? They need to see it. They need to see you read your Bible. They need to hear you talk about the Lord. They need to see you pray. They need to hear you pray. As a matter of fact, in Israel, in the Old Testament, when you go back and you look at Deuteronomy chapter number 6, one of the things that we find, they wrote, they wrote, they wrote the Scripture on the doorpost so that they're coming in and out. They're constantly reminded. And, that, and that's what we need today. Is that, is that constant reminder of who God is. Not in all of the rituals, not in all the ceremonies, not in all the tradition, not in all of those things, but simply who God is. And what he means to us. As one writer wrote, here's, here's what he said. He said, you know, a corrupt and unholy heart eventually will be exposed by corrupt and unholy speech. 
It'll just come out. Let me tell you why. Because you can't keep it down. You, you can't hold it down within yourself. And so, so what our kids need today is they need to see that wholesome, that truth, that all of those things that speak of God. And this morning, just real simple for you. Religion does not transform the heart. It doesn't. You can have all the religion you want. Matter of fact, religion will send you to hell quicker than anything else. Religion. Verse 27. And let me say this this morning as well. It is not what may seem best to us or those around us. But what's best to God. You know, people ask me all the time, well, how do you determine whether or not something is good or, or something, is something I ought to be doing or ought not to be doing? Well, let me ask you a question. Is the best interest of it all to God or is it to you? That's, you know, that's, that's the question. Is, 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 is it in the best interest of God or not? Verse 27 James writes, he says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this. You know, it's what's best for God. That's what he said in verse 27, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and our Father. Knowing and understanding, you know, sometimes it's easy for us, okay, especially in the flesh, here's what we think, well, you know what? I can do this and nobody will ever know. You know, I, I could do this and get by with this and nobody will ever know. As a matter of fact, we're real good at putting facades on. I mean, we're real, we're real good of, of hiding things in our own life that nobody, nobody, nobody's, nobody's going to know. But God does. See, God does. The Holy Spirit does. As a believer, okay, he, everything we do, just remember this, we carry him with us. Wherever we are, whatever it is that we're doing, we carry him with us. We drag him right along with us. And if we're at that point to where we're just way out here walking in the flesh. Guess what? You're dragging him with you. So here's what James says. Pure and undefiled. You know, Jesus had a lot to say about this. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus spoke a good bit about this to the religious crowd. And, and I will tell you that today, we're, we, we are not short of religion in America. There's more religion in America, I guess, than I have. Okay. And matter of fact, some individuals, their whole entire, their whole entire being and makeup is based on religion. Their nationalism is tied to a religion. 
their family name and stature is tied to religion. But I want you to notice in Matthew chapter 15, I want you to notice the Pharisees and the scribes are here, the religious crowd. They came to Jesus in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, they ask a simple question. Why in the world do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Notice they didn't ask anything about breaking the law. They didn't ask anything about breaking the word. They asked breaking the tradition of who? Of the elders. Because they don't wash their hands when they eat bread. But notice verse number 3. Notice what Jesus tells them. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? God help us that we don't ever get to the point that we allow tradition to override what the Word of God says. Because at the end of the day, it's what's best concerning God, not us. So moms, aunts, grandparents, take the time, show them the truth, show them what's right. Pure and undefiled religion has nothing to do with religion, has everything to do with the relationship. A personal relationship, knowing and understanding the grace and the love and the mercy of God himself. That's what they need to know. That's what they need to see is real. That it's real in in who we are. Look down at verse 6. Once again, Jesus says, He is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this you have invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. For the sake of your tradition. And my dear friend, it just kind of gets worse from here. Look at verse 8 and verse number 9. Matter of fact, starting in verse 7, you hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. The people honor me with their lips, but their hearts far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. And after this, Jesus called the crowd to him and he said to them, for them to hear and understand. And then he goes on to complete what he's trying to get them to see. My dear friend, it's not a matter of what goes in. It's what comes out. It's what James says in chapter 1 and verse 26 and verse 27. Because I can tell you right now, religiousosity, an empty and vain religion, it ultimately comes out. Because it's out of the heart that man speaks. And so we're seen by what is inside of us. Let's go back to James chapter 1, verse 27. So what had happened? Well, the religious leaders had replaced the law of God with their own man-made traditions. If we're not careful, we can do the same thing. And oh, by the way, Encourage your kids to ask those tough questions. Ask them. What are you you dealing with? What are you struggling with today? What do you need answers to? Ask them to ask those questions. Get them to ask those questions. Have them ask those questions. 
Because I'm going to tell you something, it's best that we deal with those questions from the Word of God and from this side than to allow the world to answer those questions for you. You answer them. Say, Brother Robert, you, you, you just don't understand. Well, how in the world did God do this? How in the world did God do this? How in the world did God create this? Well, how in the world, what happened here and what happened here? Okay. Have a discussion with them. Talk to them. Share with them from the Word of God. And we look at the next part of verse 27 in James chapter 1. He goes on to say, to visit orphans and widows in their distress. You know, orphans and widows were, for the most part, the most neediest people in the early church. They didn't have anything. And they were the most needy. And my dear friend, never let us get to the point that we get so heavenly minded and so religiously minded that we neglect the very, the very purpose of what we're about. And then finally, James writes the last part of verse 27, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. To keep oneself unstained by the world. So what in the world is James saying here in the closing of verse 27, the first part of his letter? To live continuously each day without moral or spiritual compromise. That's where we need to be. Don't compromise the truth of the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God. Stand on its authority. Stand on its sufficiency. It is sufficient for all that we do in life every single day. It is sufficient for that. You know, it's amazing to me that we even are having a battle in our churches today all over the sufficiency of the Scripture. No wonder our kids are so confused. Matter of fact, that social media that's out there, it doesn't take you long out there. I'm, I'm in a few circles out there, not that I'm a a social media guru or anything, okay, but I, I do follow different ones out there. And I'm going to tell you something, the discussions and conversations that are out there today are just, they're mind-boggling to me sometimes. And oh, by the way, if you've got access to them, more than likely your kids have access to them as well or in some avenue. They're in hallways of schools all day long. They're bombarded with this stuff from every side. And one of the things they need to know is when they come home at night, and they come in the safety of the house, there should be love and grace and mercy and truth. And to sit down and have on, honest conversations with them. And so here's what James says, verse 26 and verse 27 again. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is, listen, it's empty. There's nothing to it at the end of the day. It's absolutely empty. But verse 27, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and more than anything, to keep oneself unstained by the world. What did Jesus pray about his disciples? Not that God would take them out of the world, but that he would what? Protect them while they're in the world. But here's what we've got to do. We've got to understand that we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of God, not of ourselves, and never in the name of religion or denomination or church name. Because at the end of one, at the end of the day, when we stand before God, there will be no denominational labels. 
The only thing that's going to matter one day when we stand before God is what we've done with Jesus Christ. That's what's important here. And that's key. So let me give you a summary of James chapter 1 real quickly this morning. Of all that James wrote in the first chapter, the real blessing of growing spiritually does not come from simply studying the Word. It doesn't come simply from studying the Word. You can be in the Word every single day. You can read every page on every of every uh, book in the Bible. You can read every word on every page of every book of the Bible. And at the end of the day, what you will have is reading a bunch of words on a bunch of pages on a bunch of books at the end of the day. It has to transform you. It has to change you. How does that happen? Through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. When we read and study the Word of God, it ought to change us for who we are. And allow us to see ourselves of who we are. Number two, The real blessing comes from doing what is written in the Word. That's why James said, be a doer of the Word and not just a hearer. The blessing comes from doing. It comes from being a part. It comes from sharing and doing things in the lives of other people. It's who we are. In Ascension Baptist Church, let me share something with you this morning. Don't ever take it for granted what goes on in this place. I hear people make comments all the time. This has got to be the, the, the most friendliest church I've ever been in in my life. It's like a family when you go there. Don't ever take that for granted. It's something you have to work on all the time. You have to deal with issues when they come up. But uh, at the end of the day, we should strive to be a family in this place. The family has its dynamics. Number three, we should strive to live out the word every day. Moms, grandmothers, aunts, please listen to me. Live it out in front of your kids every single day. Well, Brother Robert, you don't understand all of mine are grown and gone. Doesn't matter. Are you ready for this? They know what's going on. And they watch. And they see. And they know what's going on. Live it out in front of them. And then finally, number four. We need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our hearts. From what perspective? That we don't become religious, but we come and become more Christ-like in who we are. Amen? Moms, I hope this encourages your heart. Don't worry about what they say about you. Just be a mom. Don't worry what they say about you. Stay on the truth of the Word of God. Don't worry what they say about you. Just make sure that your home and your family and your kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews know, know about Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what's important in our lives. And to give our kids the best that we can give them.